Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. You guys, it is Meet My Friend Friday. And as you know, I love to have guests on the show who are off the bench and onto the battlefield. And today is no exception. My friend, Connie Albers, is on the show with me today. We're going to spend some time talking about raising kids in the culture today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, everybody. So I want to say thank you for those of you who are continuing to leave reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. And for those of you who have come out to see me, I will be in Waco, Texas this weekend. We've been traveling with our kids and I've just let, you know, we've been talking about this for a while my schedule and how kind of uh, wacky it is. And I love it when you guys come out and say hello and uh, come out and say hi to our kids. So this is the last event. We'll have all of our kids, all of our at-home kids at this season. So come on out. We'll be at Teach Them Diligently in Waco from the uh, 11th through the 13th. Uh, so that's all weekend. Come on out and say hello. Also want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet at MomStrong International, we're getting ready to start a brand new scripture writing challenge, and we want to encourage you to join us. We've got about 12,000 of you over there now doing the scripture writing challenge with us. It's, I'm telling you what, 10 minutes in God's word every day will change your life. God wants to work with you, and you can't give your kids what you don't possess. Speaking of not being able to give your kids what you don't possess, um, I've got a friend on the show with me today who is the real deal. My friend Connie Albers has been a mom in this motherhood gig now for 32 years. She's a popular speaker and an author dedicated to strengthening families, parenting, and she loves to talk about homeschooling teens. Connie has a brand new book out called Parenting Beyond the Rules. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today because parenting teens is one of the most challenging seasons of parenting. And it can be a difficult time of transition for parents and for teens, but listen, you don't have to be discouraged. There's hope. Uh, Connie Albers is on the show with me today, and she's going to offer some hope and encouragement to you. Welcome to the show, Connie. Hey, Heidi. I'm so glad to be with you. You're one of my favorite people. Well, right back at you. I am so excited for you. We've been friends for a long time, and uh, we've spent lots and lots of time talking about parenting and parenting teens in particular. We've had some really interesting and unique things happen, of which we won't necessarily talk about on the show that maybe <laughs> may or may not have involved your swimming pool, but whatever. <laughs> uh, you have a heart for really encouraging parents of teenagers and yeah. something I really appreciate about you because you've been there and done that. Your kids are grown. And uh, why did you decide to write? Because it takes a lot of time to write a book. People don't understand. I think if you haven't written a book, one does not simply sit down and write a book. This takes <laughs> uh, time. It takes intention. It, you know, real life messes with writing a book. And I know that's happened with you. Why did you decide to invest this season of your life into writing? It really was birthed out of my second child, Jeannie, who I'd finished homeschooling and I was wondering what's next? You know, this, this parenting season of like in the trenches, it really does come to an end. And I had reached that point. And I'm like, well, well, what's next? You know, what, what's, what role do I play now? And it was really Jeannie who encouraged me to take the, the, the lessons that I've learned and the opportunities that I've had 
and then pour into younger moms that are in the trenches. Because as you know, Heidi, I mean, you're there. It's we're raising teens and children in a world that wants to steal their heart away. And I know science and well, not science, but studies show that parents, regardless of what the world shows, because you know about our culture and how they're trying to shape and influence our decisions. Basically, Heidi, they're trying to tell us that we're irrelevant. And I'm here to say, no, you are the primary influence in your teen's life unless you choose to abdicate that role. Yeah. Well, and it's hard. I mean, one of the things that uh, that we talk about here at the show a lot is how the culture is encroaching uh, uh, more and more and more into the everyday lives of our kids. And it's hard parenting teens in that environment. And given the culture and the and the struggles that parents are having, I think it's easier to disengage than it is to engage. But we both know that's the wrong thing to do. So speak to the parent for just a minute who feels overwhelmed by the culture and needs just a boost of encouragement. What advice would you give the parent who, let's talk especially to parents of teens okay. um, who are just saying, I feel overwhelmed. What are some things that you can say, hey, these are some these are some ways you can uh, get onto the battlefield for the sake of your kids? I know you get tired. Um, it is hard, but I would say this, don't quit but you can rest. And when I say rest, I don't mean take a hiatus. I just mean that you've got to have some margin in your life. So if you need to pull back on some things, pull back. It is incredible that you listen. You've got to listen to the unspoken words that they're saying. You know, Heidi, you know what the, what teenagers do, they, the, the, the drop shoulders, the eye roll, the cross arms. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There's right. so much more yes. that our kids are saying to us if we just take enough time to listen. The other thing I would say, Heidi, is we have got to monitor our mouth. Everything that comes in our mind cannot come out our mouth. We have got to pay attention. And I tell parents, if what you want in five years, 10 years, 20 years really matters, then it has to matter today. So when you said to me that mom that's just like really tired right now, I say, what is, what is it you want when your children don't have to be there and they don't have to call you? They don't have to come home for supper or Christmas. What is that reason why? And then that gives you the, the determination to stay in the fight because you know this season is passing and your days slip away faster than a New York minute, to be honest with you. I also find, Heidi, that as the teens start to adjust, we ha- the teens start to change. We got to adjust. It's not a, you've got seven children. You know, each one of them is so different, right? Right. And so how you talk to one is going to be, re- what you say to that one child is going to, they're going to hear something very different than yeah. what the other child is going to say. So you have to get to know them. And that takes time to observe uh, who they are, what they do. And how they really take in what you say. So we want to listen up to the words that they're saying, the spoken and unspoken, and you want to monitor your mouth. Well, and honestly, uh, that's hard to do. Like, in, in, let's talk about social media for a second. Yeah, <laughs> because, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> uh, really, I mean, this is this is crazy town, right? So, you yeah. know, my oldest is 27 and yours is 32. Really, yeah. 27 years ago, we weren't dealing, certainly 32 years ago, we weren't dealing with the social media deal. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that are being thrown at us right now that we're trying to parent our kids 
when they're growing up with social media, but we're just learning it. Like, uh, I think we're, we're trying to deal with things that we didn't even see coming. What are, what's the, uh, the encouragement that you could give to parents who are parenting teens who are in this age of social media so that your voice as a mom is louder than the voices that they're hearing in the media? So we all, it all goes down to foundation of the relationship. You're never going to know more than they know techno, um, technology-wise. Technology is neutral, right? But the internet isn't safe. And so for the last, well, actually 10 years now, I have been learning about the size of social media most parents don't realize, the anonymous apps, the dark web, the stuff that creeps you out that's real, um, I actually do know somebody who has had their child abducted because they met in an online chat room. So with social media, it boils down to, are you paying attention? Are you aware? Do your children know that you're watching? What is the relationship? Do your kids know, no matter what, no matter what, they can come and talk to you, that you're not going to have a knee-jerk reaction. You're not going to overreact. You're going to pause long enough just so that you can hear what it is that they're saying and then come up with a way to kind of walk them through it. I love this phrase that um, I've been telling parents for a while. Use social media because you use it, Heidi. You use it to make a difference in lives. We yeah. both do in, in families. We want to strengthen families. So when you have teenagers, teach them how to use social media to create a positive social footprint help them find a cause that they're really passionate about or help them develop a message that's that that will speak to you know an audience whether that's you know the pug society or you know human trafficking <laughs> whatever it is um help them learn how to develop a, a positive social footprint we know heidi that over 50 percent of colleges use a, a child's social footprint to decide if they're going to allow them into college or not the other thing we know is employers use it. Um, so when they start to see, use real life examples of how people misuse it and then how people use it wisely. When you do that, they start to realize that they can trust you. It's not like you're going to just say no to everything. And so they have to constantly figure out how to change your passwords because there's, there's just not enough passwords out there. There's not enough technology and filters to keep your child 100% safe, especially with all the anonymous apps. But if they know that you're going to come alongside them and help them utilize that as a tool and a resource for good for the kingdom, then they're more apt to listen to what you have to say. And it's no longer pushing, shoving, or controlling. It's guiding. Yeah. And what do you do when you catch your kid doing something they're not supposed to be doing? So let's say yeah. that you you catch your child and you realize, oh my word, I gave this child this freedom and they're not mature enough, they're not ready to handle the freedom. What do you do then? Yeah, then you have to just start walking backwards and saying, not, don't, don't just immediately remove everything from their life and restrict them for, you know, a year. Walk back to the why. Did they stumble into something they shouldn't have? Did somebody show them something out of fun and maybe their brain at that time just couldn't really process it all? So it made him curious and that curiosity led to a few more clicks. Um, go to the heart of the matter, find out why. And I love the five whys. Why? And then when they give you an answer, why? Why did you do that? Well, what made you do that? What insecurity? What were you looking for? What were you hoping to accomplish? Uh, what side of you kind of was wanting to read the stuff you were 
reading. And when you do that, one, they start to see, again, I'm building trust in this relationship. Now, there are consequences because we do have to protect our children. So there is a time and a place for a mom to say, you know what? Freedom is given when freedom is earned. So if I Mm -hmm. give you this freedom and you can't be responsible with it, because with all freedom comes responsibility, that's of your life and my life. If they can't be responsible with that freedom, then we just have to pull it back for a little bit and rein it in and say, you know what? Let's take a break from this and let's work on this character quality. Let's work on trust. Let's work on our relationship. Let's work on the insecurities maybe you're feeling or the compulsion that you have. And then let's reintroduce it when there is more readiness and more maturity. That goes a long way because then it removes the obstacle of trying to um, control. Oftentimes parents you know, will tell me, yeah, but I go in and I say cell phones in the kitchen or I unplug the Wi-Fi and they find a hot spot or I go in the yeah. room and the sheet is illuminated. Like we're not going to see that there's a light right. shining from underneath <laughs> their sheet. <laughs> and it's not because they're finishing the last chapter in, their, in the book that they're reading <laughs> as much as we would like to think that. But it really comes down to understanding the world. And you touched on it, Heidi. I mean, we as parents may not be as technologically savvy. We may not get how these people are accessing our children. We may not understand how anonymous apps work or how, you know, the rumors apps work or how kids get points for spreading untruths about our children. We may not understand how all of that works. But if our kids know that we are working toward understanding it and that we understand the peer pressure they're under, I mean, Heidi, 1.5 seconds, these kids are expected to answer a text. That's a lot of peer pressure. And and we know how fast, in in your own personal life, Heidi, you know how fast haters can can jump all over. Oh, yeah. I've had a few. (laughs) Yeah. And they do that to our kids. The online bullying, it is almost without, it's like a nine to one chance that your child will either be the victim of bullying or they will have known somebody that is bullied and they're scared to death of it. So just knowing that you understand what they're facing makes them want to rely and look to you because frankly, they can, they can use Alexis and echo and Google and YouTube, and they can pretty much replace everything that they would once have needed us so desperately for. But what they can't get from all of that is belonging and identity and safety. And that's the, and and that personal relationship of being able to look in our eyes, cry and say, mom, this was said about me. And I I don't know what to do about it. I don't, I don't know how to escape it. These kids don't know how to escape the onslaught of negative um, comments and reactions and sexting and all that. They don't know how to process it and handle it all because they're, they're mentally just not mature enough for that. So Come alongside them. Let them know you understand. Open conversations. And I was telling a mom, you probably do it all the time, Heidi. You're in the car and you're driving somewhere and you keep your eyes straight on the road when you ask questions. Because you don't want them to see your eyes dilate or your face twitch. (laughs) And so we just have those conversations, right? Yeah, it's true. No, it's really true. And I also think, you know, you're talking about they either they've been bullied or they know someone who has. I would like to add a third category to that is sometimes in parents, this is tough. Sometimes your kid is the bully. Sometimes you have to be willing to say, okay, this is my kid. 
Like my kid did that. And don't be like when it, if, if someone comes to you and they say your kid did this, I have seen this, Connie, I'm sure you've seen it too, where the parents like my kid can do no wrong. And so rather than really look into the facts of the case, we dismiss it when really there, there very likely could be a discipline issue that we need to address or we need to take our child back and say, listen, we're going to learn about reconciliation now. Yeah. Yeah. And what it means. Uh, what do you say to the parent who finds out, oh, my word, the the bully was my kid? Yes. Well, I, well you said it right there. Reconciliation. God tells us to make every attempt to have restitution and reconciliation. There's also going to be a, another R, and that's the ramification from it. The yes. other parent might not be so appreciative of the way your your child is trying to make things right because it's a virtual world. They can't undo what they did. They can't put it out there enough. However, they have to understand that if their child is the bully, the greatest thing they need, Heidi, is unconditional love from the parent. They've got to have that. The parent doesn't, that doesn't mean unconditional love doesn't mean overlooking the sin that they have done, the hurt and the harm they have caused another human being. But it is an opportunity for them to realize others are valuable and, and they have value and God has created them and he's formed and fashioned them in his image. And you have grieved the Lord when you tear down or put down or make fun of or pick on someone else. So there are steps that you actually take. And it's just like with everything in scripture, God tells us that we need to go to that person, whether that's they yeah. go to that child or you as the mom, depending on the age, it really has to do deal a lot with the age. You know, the tween ages are very different than the older teen ages. The, te- the older teens, Absolutely. they get it. They know what they're doing. But the younger tweens can sometimes be peer pressure. There could be pressure into doing it. Or, you know, they could be looking in the mirror and going, this, what I, what should be there isn't there. And what isn't there should be there. And, you know, and, and they start getting envious or jealous or they start, oh, um, comparing themselves against one another and yeah. then they end up saying or doing something that if they were five years older, they wouldn't have done that. So from an early age, it kind of all goes back, Heidi, to saying helping your children learn that social media, all of the all of social media is it's a tool. It's a resource. It's a resource for good. It's also an esor- a resource for evil. And the bad actors, uh, the bad players, um, the children that are the bullies and they are the ones. If we go and we teach them what the word of God says about esteeming others, about um, especially following what sort of things are true and right and lovely about how God says that we are not to tear down others, that we are to build them up. Um, We walk them through that. And they're learning that from us, right? I mean, they're learning, they're learning how to do that. And I would say it's very important that you don't bring it up after, after it's been dealt with, you show them the way of escape. You show them that they can change what they've done. They can make a right wrong and truth and time uh, heal all things. So what if they have really maligned someone, they continually have a habit of uh, shining a positive light on others, of building others up, of, of being an encourager and an exhorter and not one who fuels the flame. They're not the innocent bystander who doesn't want to get caught in the fray that they will then stand up for the one, that person that was bullied. Um, it goes a long way, but Heidi, it all comes back to yeah. relationships and relationships yep. take, as you and I both know time, there's just no replacement yeah. for time involved in their life. And if we continue, if we, um, 
are like a lot of the culture and we leave no margin in our life. We have no time for family dinner conversations. We have no time for chatting with them when it's dim, you know, when it's time for bed and the the lights are really low and they want to bear their soul. And they even want to confess sin, sin of maybe stuff they're doing wrong or, you know, whether that's pornography or whatever. Heidi, if we give them that chance um, and we know and they know that they belong in our family, I'm a St. John and this is what we stand for. I'm an Albers and this is what we stand for then they they rest in that and they trust us. And once they trust us, we have greater influence on them. Yep, that's absolutely right. I have one more, th- I've got about one minute here, but I wanted to touch on something. Your book, um, I want to know why you titled it the way that you did, because I love the title and I think parents oftentimes, especially um, parents who homeschool, I think sometimes we can be very rules-based, very uh, list-based parenting, I guess. And you titled your book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. Why did you do that? Because like you said, everybody loves everybody loves limits, they love rules, and they love boundaries. I mean, isn't that how you control a teenager? Um, I get that. I was one. But what I have learned over the years is I've watched so many families fall apart at the hand of unbending rules. And so the title of the book paired with the paintbrushes that you will notice on there is that your child is a masterpiece in the making. They were uniquely formed. They were given gifts, strengths, and talents. And God wants us as a mom and a dad to paint the pictures of possibilities for our children. He wants us to capture and create defining moments and then frame those moments and tell those stories about the possibilities of what they can do for the kingdom, what they can do for our culture, what a difference that they can make in it. And that is why I listed, I named it Beyond the Rules, because there's a lot of books that tell you the 10 ways to to raise kids, but it's way more than that, especially than during the teen years. We've got to let them transition and grow into adults. And it takes a lot of intentionality. Mm, that's so true. I really appreciate uh, your heart, especially for parents who are uh, training their children up in the teen years, just to hang on to them and hang on to their hearts. You have done such a beautiful job uh, with your five kids. How many of your kids are married now? Oh, I got three married now. It's so much right fun. On. <laughs> right on. It's so right? good. I don't have it's any grandbabies, so but I do have a, a grand pup. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Hey, man, it's a start, right? Yeah, that's It's a right. start. Gently move them in that direction. I know. Heidi, can I just say this one thing? Your, sure. teen, your teen will be influenced by someone. Will it be you? Yeah. Please let it be you. Let it be the parents. Let it be your intentionality and let you be the one who forms and shapes the, the person that God's entrusted to you. Hmm. I love it. Connie, if people want to find your books, they can find it anywhere books are sold, right? Or where will they find you online? Yes, they can find me at ConnieAlbers.com. They can find me also on social media, ConnieAlbers.author on Facebook, Connie Albers on Instagram, and same with Pinterest, Connie L. Albers. So I'm trying to be where you are. And there's over 63 million teens in America, just in North America, Heidi. Imagine what we could do if we could reach a fraction of those parents. Mm, so true. It's so good. For those of you who want more information about Connie Albers' ministry to parents and her new book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, I will link back to all things Connie Albers in the show notes today. And you can find those at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Connie, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been a joy to have you here. Heidi, thanks for having me. 
Everybody have a great weekend. If you've not left a review for the podcast, please do that. You can go over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. If you have a question that you would like addressed at Mailbox Monday, shoot us an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. Thank you.